Um, I, I want you to look with me to Leviticus. I want to talk to you just briefly today, a life's lesson, and tie it into baptism today. Here at Pathway, we've been talking about um, the Old Testament tabernacle, and I'm not going to get into that a whole lot, but looking at the Old Testament tabernacle and how that points to Jesus in the New Testament. And it's been really, it's been a lot of fun. Um, but one thing that continually jumps out at us is this call to simply do what God says. Another word for that is obedience. As, as we study deep into the, the scriptures, even get into Leviticus, have you ever spent time in the book of Leviticus? I mean, it's really easy just to kind of just breeze through that one because it's like, and it's saying over and over. Let me just tell you, when, when you begin to see it in the context of what we've been studying with the tabernacle in the Old Testament and other things, you, you begin to see why God put that in there. You begin to see why God laid all that out there. It's because a holy God is calling us as followers of God, followers now of, of Christ. He's calling us to be obedient. Now, most of us don't like that word unless we're sending our dog off, right? It's like, sending my dog to obedience school. <laughs> Won't stay by my side. I was pulling my arm off. I'm going on a walk. I'm send it to obedience school. I'm no dog. I but we, we got to expand our definition, our understanding of what it looks like just to be faithful to do what God says. <clears throat> Excuse me, get a little choked up. Leviticus chapter 22, verse 31 says this. Keep my commands and follow them. I am the Lord. Do not profane my holy name, for I must be acknowledged as holy by the Israelites. I am the Lord who made you holy and who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. You know, it's... it's, it's I want to be very um, aware that in this room right now, in, in this building, there's people in all different lanes of faith. Some of you, you, you've served God your whole life. Some of you, Christianity's whole, this is new to you. Some of you still processing through it. But I, I just, I think one, one important thing for us to, to see is, 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 is God asking us to obey him. Is less to do with a God who says, you better or else, mister. <laughs> and it's more about a God who's holy and desiring his people to be holy. Do you know in Exodus chapter 20, verse 2, this, this jumps out at me every time I read it. In fact, I did a series on the Ten Commandments. This is years ago. And uh, the thing that jumped out at me is before you even get to the Ten Commandments, how many you recognize the Ten Commandments? You think, oh yeah, I, I know a few of those Ten Commandments. Understand, I saw the movie once or whatever it is. I, I understand the Ten Commandments. Do you know before he even gave those Ten Commandments, you know what God says? This is what he says in Exodus 20, verse 2. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. It's the first part of that. I am the Lord your God. Before one commandment was kept, before one commandment was even shared, what did God say? I'm the Lord your God, and you're my people. That, as, as we go back to that verse in Leviticus, what's it say? Keep my commands and follow them. I am the Lord. Do not profane my holy. I must be acknowledged as holy by the Israelites. I am the Lord who makes you holy and who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I'm the Lord. I'm your God. I'm your man. Ding, 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 right here. And that's what God's saying. Before you're obedient even to one word of what I'm going to tell you to do, before you keep one command, I just want you to know I'm with you. And that's why those of you who have been with us on this journey over the past couple weeks that we've been studying the Old Testament, that's why God said, I want to dwell among you. 
And that's why Jesus came and lived and dwelt among us. Because he wanted to be with us. The challenge is, is, is when we study this in the Old Testament especially, is there's a holy God that wants to come and dwell in the midst of unholy people. Oh, wow. I could see some possibility for fireworks there. I could see there's this holy God. and So, so that's where we, we see the sacrificial system. I don't have time to get into that. But this is what I want you to get. God chose the Israelites. God chose his people. And in the same way, I want you to hear me, God chose you to be saved. God has chosen every single person in this room. I know some people will theologically debate that with me. I'm just telling you, if you're here today and you have breath, God has chosen you to follow him, to serve him, to live for him, to repent of our sins. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God and commit our life, put our faith in Jesus Christ. And then out of that, that's where the obedience comes. Now, I wanna make sure you you grasp that. So, even in the Ten Commandments, God didn't say, here's the Ten Commandments, keep all these, and then I'll be your God. No, it was the other way around. He said, I'm your God. Now, here's the Ten Commandments. Because our, when we are obedient to God's word, that's not meant. The, 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 let, me, let me clarify. When you put your faith in Christ and you repent of your sins, that's what starts it all. But it's not keeping all of the, the commands of Scripture that save us. It's his grace and putting our faith in Jesus that saves us. That's what redeems us. And then we have this desire to obey. Out of that love for Jesus, then, we have this desire to obey. And, and here's, here's the one life's principle that I want you to get. If you get nothing else out of this message today, this is what I want you to get. You'll never go wrong obeying God. Period. You'll never go wrong obeying God. Now, someone attribute that to Dr. Um, Charles Stanley, great preacher from Hotlanta, Georgia. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't even like to drive through Atlanta on the way to Florida. You know, I just, but he's a great preacher, so I, I don't know if he said it first or someone else. But you'll never, you'll never go wrong obeying God. We ought, we ought to teach that to every kid in our family, every person you know, we ought to example, be an example of that. You'll never go wrong being obedient to God. This is, God says, I love you, you're my people in the Old Testament. And he says, and here's, here's these commands. He said, I want to be with you. Of course, they had to put their faith in God. Today, we have to put our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did. And then, but then out of that salvation, out of that love for the Lord, then we obey God. But there, you'll never go wrong being obedient to God. You have a situation at work. You're like, you can take this route, this route that's a little shady. You can go this route that's a little bit uh, not ethical. Or you can do this thing. Now, you might not get as many sales. You might not get as many widgets done or whatever it may be. But listen, men and women of God, what do we do? We obey God and we do the right thing. We obey God. We do, you, you, whatever area of life it is, we ought to teach this to our kids. Have you, ever, have you ever taken your kid through the grocery store? And unbeknownst to you, they grab some candy. And you don't even realize it. You get out to the car and you set them in the seat or maybe you're checking out the rear view mirror. What, what do you got in your mouth there? <laughs> oh, this is a sucker. 
where'd you get that? In the store. <laughs> it's like, wait, 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 and you're trying to figure out, did my child just steal? Oh, it's getting started already. And you're just like, no. And you're like, son or daughter, do you understand what stealing is? And they're like, no, but I got a sucker. <laughs> what do you do? You teach them right then and there. That's stealing. And you say, you'll never, you'll never go wrong being obedient to God. That works for a two-year-old, a three-year-old, and it works for a 47-year-old, and it works for a, well, I'm not going to say your age, but, but it works for all of us, <laughs> young, old. You'll never go wrong being obedient to the Lord. Some say, well, obedience is just a bunch of religious bondage. I'm free. I'm free in Jesus. You're right. Jesus Christ came not to abolish the law um, in the commands, but to fulfill those. I get that. But the idea of obedience to a holy God is still in effect. I've even heard people say, well, I want to go to one of them there grace churches. I'm just tired of this hellfire and brimstone preaching. And um, uh, I want to go to one of them grace churches where they preach grace, where they preach grace. Well, I'm telling you, we preach grace at the top of our lungs, but we also preach holiness and justice. We have a grace-filled, merciful Savior who all you got to do is turn to, put your faith in Christ, repent of your sins, and you're connected to, to God through Jesus Christ. How awesome is that? But then we, we, we believe that because there is a holy God, there is a just God, and I can't go to Scripture and turn, turn, turn pages and tear pages out saying, well, I don't believe that's for today. Well, I don't believe that's for today. No, this is, this is a holy, holy word of God. I, I hold to the holy word of God. I mean, we believe in a just, holy God, but also a merciful, grace-filled God. God's grace is powerful, but at the same time, disobedience to the commands of Scripture in the name of grace. Grace is a distortion of truth. In fact, the Apostle Paul hit this when he said in Romans chapter 6, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? I mean, just think about that, that craziness. Some think that because forgiveness is guaranteed, they can sin as much as they want. An attitude like this, deciding ahead of time to take advantage of God, shows that a person doesn't understand the seriousness of sin, the holiness of our God. God's forgiveness does not make sin less serious. Christ's death shows the dreadful seriousness of sin. Jesus Christ paid, Jesus Christ paid with his life so that we could be forgiven. And the availability of God's mercy cannot be our excuse for sinful living or immorality. Instead, if in pursuit of godliness and holiness, we sin, God's mercy and grace is there to forgive. Are you following me here? Well, we, don't, we don't go out and say, well, I'm just going to go do whatever. I'm going to sin. I'm going to live it up because I know that Jesus will forgive me. <laughs> I got it all taken care of. Raised the hand last Sunday. I prayed the prayer. I'm good to go. That's, not, that's taking advantage. What God's word says is, if you do sin, and you say, oh, man, I messed up. His mercy and his grace is there. But we don't sin thinking, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll be forgiven. I'll, I'll be covered. Let me, let me just ask you this. Are you pursuing godliness and holiness? 
I understand when we get saved, we're made righteous through Jesus Christ. I understand that. But even beyond that, the positional, positionally, we're righteous before God. And maybe that's just going over here, but, but get this. There's also this practical sense that we're called to go after God. We're called to pursue God. We're called to pursue holiness. Be ye holy as I am holy, God says. Are you doing that? Is that a pursuit in your life? I want to be holy like God's holy. You see, those outside of Christianity, they don't see this. They think, in fact, we have a, we have a world marked by, uh, by increased tolerance. Being surrounded by temptations and examples of sinful behavior will increase the tendency to justify sin. What do you mean? The more we see it in television shows, the more we hear it on the news, the more we see it in our school systems, the more we see it in people's lives, the more it's like, okay, well, maybe that's not that big of a deal. Maybe, I know we're supposed to obey scripture, but there's a couple lines here. Rip. There's a couple here, and then there's this whole thing, and oh, that love your neighbor thing, definitely ripping that out of there. Crossing that out. And No, we don't do that. We embrace it. Our freedom in Christ should not be used as an excuse to sin, nor should our life of obedience to Christ degenerate into legalism. You see what I'm saying? We, on one hand, we can't just go out and sin thinking, Jesus will forgive me. And on the other hand, we can't just um, be so rigid and legalistic that our faith is, is really just keeping a bunch of rules. Mm. You'll never go wrong obeying God. You'll never go wrong obeying God. Can I just meddle just for a second? I promise we're almost to the baptism part. You're like, come on, preacher, get on with it. But just listen, listen, listen. Can I just meddle a little bit here? Just, just camp out just for a second. Um, because my, my concern is, listen, I, I completely embrace the move of the Holy Spirit. And when I, when I read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I believe that's absolutely for today. And that there are people that God will use and, and give gifts of prophetic words and words of knowledge and words of wisdom and whatever. Here's my concern, is that there's some of us, we're just living from prophetic word to prophetic word to prophetic word. And, and we're struggling to even just follow the written word. What do you mean, Scott? Well, I mean, like, if, if someone came up to you and just said, brother, sister, I just want to tell you, I got a word for you. And this happens. I mean, as sure as I stand before you, just a couple weeks ago, I stood out here in the cafe after church service. Wasn't in the middle of worship. We weren't doing that. We were just talking. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke, just dropped something in my heart to share with somebody. And I just stood there, and I just said, with this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And I, I knew it was the Holy Spirit speaking directly through me. I stopped and I said, can we pray right now? We prayed. And then I just went on shaking hands and saying hi and to everybody else in the whole foyer. It wasn't something like, and the Lord said. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't like a big, a big emotional, woo. No, it was, just a, it was just like God laid that on my heart. I said, man, I feel like God wants me to share this. I didn't even say that. I said, here's the truth. And I spoke and I, and I prayed with him. You know, I, it was just an, I believe in that. But what my concern is, is, is when someone might come up to you, I believe God gave me a word to share with you. And you'll be like, whoa, let me just jot. Okay, yeah, that, that was good. That was powerful. But you're struggling to keep, keep the, um, the fruit of the spirit of love in your life. You're, you're struggling to be faithful. You see, I've already got a word from the Lord for you. It's right here. <laughs> I've already got a word from the Lord for you to be obedient, to be faithful. 
Um, love is patient. Love is kind. In fact, here, here's a great, um, a great, the Apostle Paul hit this in 1 Corinthians 13. Um, if I speak in tongues of men and, and of angels but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. You're like the gong show. If I, if I have the gift of prophecy, that dates me, doesn't it? If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but I have not love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, don't do that. But if I did, and I had some great, huge step of, of just sacrifice, but I don't have love, then I'm missing it. And I, I just, I just want to uh, just maybe shoot an arrow across the, the, the bow of your life here. Just uh, embrace the spiritual gifts. But understand, your maturity is really walked out when the fruit of the Spirit, when you're working, living out in love, when you're faithful, when you're patient, when you're kind, I don't care how many prophetic words someone speaks over you or you speak over someone else. If you're not walking your faith out in everyday faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, thoughtfulness, if you're, if you're not walking, you're just like a clanging symbol. If you're not being obedient to the basic scriptures that are laid out here, that's just a word of encouragement. I felt like I needed to share that. But now, how, do, Scott, I thought we were, we were doing baptism here. Okay, we are. Let's, let's tie this in. This is where the events of this morning come into, into picture here because um, water baptism now comes into picture because I'm telling you, water baptism is just a basic next step of obedience to God. You'll never go wrong being obedient to God. In fact, um, our church must be obedient according to the Great Commission, right? Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Therefore... Uh, then Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So every local church is commanded. We, as a church, we must be baptizing people. That's a command of God. We're being obedient to follow God. But can I just encourage you, so are you. There's 15 people today taking a step of obedience to God. And I'm telling you, God can't help but to bless that. The 15 of you today, can I just encourage you? As you take this, this dunking today, and I promise every time I put one down, I always bring them back up. So we got good news here. But as you get dunked today and you're baptized, let me just tell you, get ready. Because when we take steps to obey God and obey his scripture, he can't help but to say, oh, I can bless that. Oh, I can move that. I can, I can, I can, I can use it. Something great is going to get, get ready because something supernatural, something great is getting ready to happen in your life. When you obey, you'll never go wrong being obedient to God. In fact, um, we see this is the pattern of the New Testament because we can see the great, com- com- uh, great Commission. Churches are to go and baptize. Here's the question. Did they do it? Well, we can go to Acts chapter 2. You know what they said? In Acts chapter 2, it's like, what must we do to be saved? And what did, what did Peter say? Ah, here it is. Repent, you know, put your faith in Christ, repent of your sins, and be baptized. Oh, they did it there. So uh, the book of Acts, if you're not, if you're not um, used to the, the Bible, whatever, book of Acts is a bit of a history book as well as a theological book, but a, a history book of, we can see church history, early church history post-Jesus, after Jesus ascended. 
And so in Acts chapter 2, we say, but did they ever baptize people again? Scott, what's the big deal about baptism? Baptism? Did, they, did the church, did the early church really follow that command? Well, let's, if we go to Acts chapter 8, it says, um, uh, when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Well, okay, twice in the book of Acts. Are there any other places? Well, Acts chapter 10 Peter was at Cornelius' house, and at the very end, so he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, three times, Scott. Is baptism really that big of a deal? Well, we see it again in Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, um, and many of the Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptized. I thought you were going to fill it in there, but I, I got one more, so I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you a chance because it doesn't stop there. You can go on and on and on through the Acts chapter 19, the church of Ephesus. On hearing this, verse 5, they were, oh, you're catching on. Into the Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus, they, they, whose baptism? Well, we had John's baptism. Well, you need to be baptized in the Lord Jesus because that's, um, you know, that's really the, the way to, to roll. Now, so we see not only did Jesus command the church to baptize and be obedient because you'll never go wrong being obedient to God. This is what they lived out, and they did this. So let me, um, let me just, just nail something down here. Why is baptism such a big deal? Well, ultimately, let me tell you why baptism is such a big deal. It's because it's the next step of just clear obedience to God. And you'll never go wrong being obedient to God. It illustrates Christ's death and his resurrection in, in uh, um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, it says this, For what I receive, I pass on to you as of importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to Scriptures. Colossians chapter 2, 12, When you were baptized, you were buried with Christ, and in baptism you were also raised with Christ through your faith in the active power of God who raised him from the dead. This is why for us, we emphasize the immersion piece of things. I was just talking to one of my friends this week, pastor friend, loves Jesus, mansion in heaven will be next to ours, mine, whatever. Um, but I was just like, you know, I, I remember when I was a kid at this church where he pastors now, I was like, they didn't, they didn't immerse. I said, what do you guys do now? I said, well, we usually do baptisms down at the river and we immerse. And when I say immerse, that's really what baptism means. It means go all the way under and come back up. And, you know, they uh, poured the bowl of water over. I don't want to offend anyone here. I'm not offending. I'm not trying to offend. But they, the way they baptized back in the day was they poured some water over. And, and, you know, some churches will sprinkle. And there's a lot of different For us, we, we embrace the immersion. We believe it's, it's a scriptural way. It's, it's, a, it's, it's the most appropriate way because we're, we're taking that person down under the water, significantly showing them that this is what Jesus did. He died. But once again, I don't ever leave them under. I pull them back up, and they rise again, symbolizing the fact that Jesus Christ is no longer dead, but he's alive. The symbolism of that. We're, we're being, it's, it's an example of what Jesus Christ did for us. Um, now, I know that some churches, let me just hit this just real quick. Some churches, when it comes to baptism, um, they believe that if you're not water baptized, you're not saved. You're not born again. And I, again, I'm, I'm just talking to pathway people right now. I just want to help you understand why we, we went 100%. I, I think the next step is obedient, in obedience is to be water baptized. But I have a little issue um, with the three crosses, you know. When Jesus was on the cross, do you remember there were two other people that were crucified with him? 
And one of them was mocking Jesus. The other one was, was like, ended up saying this, remember me, <laughs> you know? Uh, and obviously had a heart change. And it's like, this guy being crucified next to me, he must really be who he is. What did Jesus say? Today you'll be with me in paradise. And so does the Bible say that Jesus jumped off the cross, grabbed the other guy off, found some water, dunked him, got him back up there, get back up there, and he jumped back and died. No. So how is that guy going to be with him in paradise? Um, so uh, this is one of those sticky situations where, I, again, I'm saying some churches believe that if you're not baptized, you're not saved. And I, I struggle with that doctrine. We as a church struggle with that doctrine. So that's why we would say, listen, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, what are you waiting for? Be obedient. Be obedient to Christ. Um, but um, I'm not so sure it's an absolute necessity. But I sure wouldn't want to go very long at all without doing it. The other thing is some churches, um, it, when you become water baptized, it's, it's church membership. And there's a lot of different churches that are like that. And I'm not slamming that. The thing about it is you don't really see church membership anywhere in the Bible. You should be a part of a church. Don't get me wrong. And you should be plugged in at a church. And if, if, if a church takes baptism to be, uh, you're automatically a member of our church now, I don't think that's a bad thing. But for us, we don't connect those two. We separate them. We believe this is just kind of like a testimony of what Jesus has done in us. It illustrates Jesus' life and death. The other thing I throw out to you is this. Um, uh, when, when it comes to why is baptism such a big deal, it illustrates my new life as a Christian. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. How awesome is that? In Romans 6.4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Baptism doesn't make you a believer in Jesus Christ. It shows that you're already a believer in Jesus Christ. Baptism doesn't save you. Only faith in Jesus Christ and repenting of your sins saves you. Baptism is kind of like, I can't get it up. There it is. Okay. A wedding ring. I think I'm retaining water. Um, It's like... It's like a wedding ring. It's like, hey, I'm hitched, I'm married, already got a gal, and I'm sticking with her. <laughs> She's my first and my last, right there. And, and that's, that's testifying to what? That I'm married. When we get water baptized, that's what we're doing. We're testifying to the fact that I'm born again. I'm a child of God. There's new life in me. And this doesn't necessarily save me. No, this is the next step of obedience because you can never go wrong. Obeying God. Well, why should I be baptized? Well, Jesus was set the example. You go to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They they actually spell it out. Jesus' baptism. John talks about some of it, just a little here and there, but it's all affirmed. Jesus Christ commands it in the Great Commission. We already read that. It demonstrates that I'm really a believer. And that's why it's important. Now, I, I don't know if you've ever heard this, this story. It's kind of corny, but it helps us understand this as we as we kind of bring this message to a landing. There was a little kid after service, went up to the pastor, this is an old story, went up to the pastor and, and uh, he, he saw some people getting baptized in the service and he, he was a little kid, he thought, man, I think I might need to do that. And so he went up to the pastor and he pulled on the pastor's britches and I told you it was an old story, it's, it's britches. So <clears throat> he pulled on the pastor's britches and said, hey, preacher, hey, preacher. When should I be advertised? 
I told you, a corny story, but really that's what it is. When we get water baptized, what we're doing is we're getting advertised. I want the whole world to know. I, I want everyone in this room to know. I want everyone outside of this room to know. I want the devil to know. I want, I want everybody to know. I am born again. I am, I'm a child of God. I have put my faith in Jesus Christ. I am assured of my salvation. I am not turning back. I am going all in in being a disciple and a follower of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so there's about 15 of you here in just a moment. You're getting ready to be, be advertised. You're getting ready to be baptized, and it's going to be awesome. But my, my, my commendation to you is don't stop obeying now because you can never go wrong being obedient to God and being obedient to his scripture. We can, we can go back to Leviticus. He says, keep my commands and follow them. I am the Lord. Obey my laws. Obey my teachings. Keep the commands of God. That isn't what saves you. We put our faith in Jesus Christ. That's what saves us. We repent of our sins. That saves us. And then out of that love for Jesus, we want to obey and we want to pursue his holiness and his love and his goodness. That's all I got for you today. You can never go wrong. You'll never go wrong obeying Jesus. What's your next step? What's your next step? You say, well, Scott, I... I, uh, I've been in church my whole life. Well, okay, how are you doing it? Are you letting God, um, through his Holy Spirit, empower you to obey his commands? Maybe as we close in prayer in just a second here, maybe that's what you need to pray. Is God help me to do better to just be obedient to your word? Not because I have to. Not because if I don't, God's gonna be mad at me but because there's a loving savior that says, I want you to be holy as I'm holy. And the way to do that is give your life to Christ, take on his righteousness, okay? And then pursue holiness, pursue righteousness. Don't just say, well, I raised my hand, prayed the prayer. No, there's a pursuit of God, a pursuit of his holiness. I wanna, I wanna follow him and obey his word. Maybe some of you, you've never even prayed a prayer. You've never repented of your sins. You've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Can I just encourage you? There's no better time than right now. How can I do that? Here's, here's the thing. You admit the fact that you're a sinner. The Bible says clearly, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not one person in this room that's not a sinner, including myself. We admit that. And then, and then you admit that, but you believe in Jesus Christ and that God the Father raised him from the dead. The Bible says you will be saved. You confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive them all. So here in just a moment, when we go to prayer, if you need to give your life to Christ, I just want to encourage you right here, right now, in this sanctuary, in the foyer, wherever you're at, maybe even watching online, just admit the fact that you're a sinner, believe in Jesus Christ, repent of your sins, confess your sins, and he's faithful and just and he'll forgive. And then starts the whole relationship with Jesus Christ. How awesome is that, that the God of the universe wants to know me and have a personal relationship with me. Worship team.